Welcome to Untold Physio Stories Podcast, your perfect commute resource with physio failures, successes, interesting cases, and more from the physio and rehab world with your host, Drs. Andrew Rothschild and Urson Religioso. If you've had dreams of starting your own side hustle, make sure to check out Curve Health Online. They have an iPad, iPhone, and Android app, and they only take home 7% of whatever it is you charge. Otherwise, it's free for their all-in-one computer vision, exercise library, HIPAA-compliant messaging system, and telehealth platform. Again, check it out at modmt.com slash curve, C-U-R-V, and make sure to tell them Dr. E sent you. Welcome back to Untold Physio Stories Podcast. I'm one of your host, Dr. E, with Modern Manual Therapy, Edge Mobility System, and the all-new private online network, the eclectic approach. You can join that at modmt.com slash members. I said slash join at the last podcast, and I apologize for that. That is not the free version. That is MMT Insiders, the paid version with our all new exclusive courses um, and more to come. So sorry about that. Anyway, my co-host today is Dr. Andrew Rothschild. How's it going today, Andrew? Good, Erson. How are you doing? Good, good. I have a couple of interesting cases, but I want to talk about um, one of my more interesting ones and also some training that I thought you'd find interesting and courses that I, I think you should take. So um, have you ever heard me mention a capnic trainer, like the, the capnograph that I have? Yes, I think I have. Yeah. So a capnograph, if you guys are not aware, is something that measures end tidal CO2, which is essentially the level of CO2 left over. Um in uh, the, the tissues and the bloodstream after exhaling and inhaling. And most people think that hyperventilation um, is a type of fast breathing, but in general, medically, hyperventilation is actually called overbreathing. So if you give off too much CO2, the reason why that is bad is because, or it could be bad, it could lead to sensitization of the nervous system or any kind of host of unexplained complaints. So um, the Henderson-Hasselbalch equation is basically uh, how pH is figured out. And um, pH in the blood, in the lymph, and interstitial tissues is um, bicarbonate over CO2. Now the kidneys regulate bicarbonate and that can't really be changed rapidly. Uh, Usually takes like hours, maybe six to eight hours or so but you can change the denominator of that equation, thus affecting pH and changing pH rapidly within minutes of changing breathing rates or the type of breathing, um, your inhale, your exhale, the type of hold, etc. So overbreathing is when you actually give off too much CO2 and everyone always thinks you need to take a deep breath, take a deep breath, you need to breathe slower. But in this case, if you're already giving off too much CO2, what happens is the pH shifts to basic, and if it's not acidic, it needs to be in uh, needs to be acidic, especially in the bloodstream, for hemoglobin to uh, actually release its binds with oxygen. So the reason why again this could sensitize so many different systems, and it could be anything from like GI issues to headaches to low back pain to overall just vigilance of the nervous system, is that. Um, you're, you're literally lacking oxygen to any organ or tissue in the body that would need it. Um, so with that being said, there's a case that I've been working with as a PT who has been following me for a while. 
uh, also MDT trained, and he had onset of left calf pain and foot pain, paresthesia, uh, almost seemed like a neuropathy in a way uh, after running. Uh, very fit, um, still running and working out, but he notices that basically with running, working out, and sitting on a stool at work uh, alongside with driving really um, makes the, the calf pain um, unbearable. I think he may have only been doing side glides um, or extensions sporadically. So whichever one he was not doing, I think he may have only been doing extensions. I gave him side glides to start along with some neurodynamic stuff. Um, he said that that's possibly a high dosage of that, centralized it from his foot to his calf, tried that for two to three weeks um, with no real changes other than a mild centralization. So um, I think you've been, I think you and I have talked about this, Andrew, a couple of times, but I've been on a Huberman kick. You listened to Andrew Huberman, right? I listened to some of his stuff in the past, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's not, some of it is not always applicable, but, uh, you know, his breathing and the cold exposure podcast with, um, you know, the breathing one in particular reinforced a lot of the training uh, that I've done with a Kapner trainer and uh, the cold exposure. I've just been on a kick for myself. And after reading Wim Hof's book, I just said, hey, you know what? So I just listened to the cold exposure podcast. And I said, well, let's just try something that seems super old school. Let's see what happens. Why don't you just try ice baths, uh, just dipping your whole your whole um, leg, lower leg, in an ice bath for like three to five minutes, couple couple times a day. Try to go for like eleven to twelve minutes with cold exposure. Let's see if that you know causes the vasoconstriction and then um, vasodilation. Just promotes healing and potentially flushes out anything. So he said that that actually reduced some of the pain. Um, and almost completely gone in his foot, but he was only dipping his foot. So I said, okay, let's do the whole calf. Um, he said that that didn't really change too much. And again, he gave that about another two to three weeks. So I've been working with him for about six weeks at this point, kind of on and off and mostly just chatting after the first couple of visits. Then he, he goes on vacation and he notices that on, even on like the flight there, he had no symptoms. He's also able to sit on a stool similar to a stool at work. He said it wasn't quite the same um, diameter. So that might have changed it. But he, he basically had next to no symptoms when he was there with sitting. Running was also good. And he noticed on his flight back, symptoms came back. So then he kind of thought, well, that's kind of funny. You know, it was still sitting. Then he noticed, after being a bit more mindful about his complaints, that he had symptoms on the way to work and then sitting on a stool at work but he had significantly less symptoms on the way home and it's not like he drives a different car or has a completely different seat right it's the same route it's the same car so it's not just not just driving there's something about the context of being at work um, potentially stress so in this case you know instead of just necessarily saying hey you need to chill out and Stress because I've been doing all this breathing training. Um, these courses in particular are called Breathe Your Truth with a Dr. David Deppler, who's a manual therapy trained fellow like you and I, but also he did all that training with a Kapner trainer uh, with the psychologist, Dr. Peter Litchfield. So I learned a lot from Peter and especially about the, the physiology of breathing. But since he's a psychologist, it was really hard to apply his methods of always finding like this amazing story or this essential like super neurotag that, you know, like this deep dive into their psyche. 
and he might be able to find that, but I don't really think it made it as applicable to PTs. Uh, but since David is a manually tra trained fellow, he goes over a lot of different kinds of tests, like the CO2 tolerance test and um, how to, um, that's an easy objective measure. And it's something I also heard on Huberman's podcast. So if you guys aren't aware, the CO2 tolerance test basically is an objective measure. How First you take like three normal breaths, then you time with the slowest, lightest exhale possible. How long can you exhale before you need to feel a need to gas, before you just need more air, you feel like um, you have to take an inhale or you just stop um, and, you know, it's supposed to be like a, a good score is like 30 to 60 seconds. It's like moderate advanced would be over a minute to a minute and 20 seconds, which I find incredible. Um, it has nothing to do with a level of fitness. Very fit people can score very poorly. So, um, since this was telehealth and I couldn't use my Capno trainer on him, I scored him on this and he maybe had 12 seconds, which is extremely low, meaning that he can't really hold on to his CO2 as well. And potentially also, uh, this is one of Peter's concepts, breathing is a habit and respiration is physiologic. And the way that that's described is essentially is like you can, you can have a breathing behavior that is dictated around potentially like the stress of driving to work or even being at work. And then because you're going home, you don't have the same breathing, um, you don't have the same kind of breathing behavior. So the approach is, is very um objective and it's very systematic in terms of its programming to breathing and that's what i like about david's courses again it's breathe your truth so with his score he had to do only two second inhale two second exhales definitely focus on nasal breathing because it turns out that a lot of over breathers and in, in general i guess a lot of the population tend to mouth breathe and that also decreases the amount of oxygen intake plus potentially changes the structure of your face and also also increases the potential for infections because you don't have like the the nasal hairs and everything acting as filters. So uh, his program essentially for the first couple of weeks, and he's probably on week three or four of this now, is um, just to do the five minutes of the semi, not really box breathing, but two second inhale, two second exhale for five minutes, two to three times a day. Make sure you focus on nasal breathing during light walks. Especially make sure your nasal breathing, sitting upright, tongue at the roof of the mouth when you're driving in the car to work. Um, you know, anytime you're not speaking with the patients, again, make sure your nasal breathing and uh, focus on this rib expansion. It turns out that it's also his left ribs were not expanding as much on the symptomatic side. So I gave him some techniques for rib expansion. So after just um, two to three weeks, he emailed me back, messaged me back and said that his symptoms are definitely less on the drive home or on the drive there, like 50, 75% less. Um, he is kind of frankly amazed that it works. And he also noticed that it was extremely difficult for him to nasal breathe while in the car. Um, oh, and, and the last piece was also focus on nasal breathing at night, either by taping your mouth shut or by wearing a chin strap. So all these things have actually been working very well for him. Um, he checked in his CO2 tolerance test and improved to 20 seconds. And then two weeks later, it improved to 40 something seconds. So now he's doing box breathing of, I think, six second hold, six second inhale, six second hold, six second exhale, six second hold, and then trying to progress his nasal breathing with higher level activities um, 
So yeah, I just found this interesting. And I thought that you would really like these courses. I'll post a link um, and let me know your thoughts. Have you, have you uh, had any similar like breathing experience? You ever heard of anything like this? No, not at all. But as when you're talking about this, I was literally thinking, oh, this sounds interesting. I, I want to look into this. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's really cool. I thought Andrew would love this stuff. And um, also, I, I asked David because he posted a blog post about this. And one of my, there's a Cairo that I work with, also telehealth, because he's in Maryland somewhere. He's been following me for a while. He got COVID and then he's been suffering from long COVID for a while. And David also told me that you know, these, these similar breathing strategies also have been working very, very well with patients with long COVID because he thinks it's essentially like, again, if you're not diaphragmatically breathing, you're going to have some, you might be stuck in like this uh, parasympathetic or the sympathetic state because um, your vagal tone is off. So he's been working on nasal breathing, breathing during light activities. Like a lot of the stuff I talked about for what just happened to be what seems like a neuropathy or a sciatica or radiculopathy or something like that. But he's been working on it with people with long COVID and it's also been doing, um, it's helping them. And this Cairo, I implemented the same program. He had a CO2 tolerance test of like 12 to 13 seconds. And even though his, his um, sciatic or his SIJ pain, he, compl he complains of like local SI pain, that has not changed. It, sometimes it's better, sometimes it's not. Uh, for the first time in a couple years, he hasn't had to take naps um, on the weekends, and is and he doesn't he's not nearly as fatigued or doesn't have as much malaise from doing this this breathing program. So I'm thinking like, wow, you know, this is like maybe potentially something I could start advertising for, especially with telehealth, because who's really addressing this from a mechanics or a breathing standpoint? It's mostly just meds or or we don't know what's wrong with you. It's just long COVID, you know, just like wait it out. Yeah. I, I have found like, I've, I've looked at, I've looked into the Wim Hof stuff. I had, I had played around with that a few years ago. Um, and I, and I found just, you know, personally for myself, you know, cause I do sort of, I do a regular um, morning, you know, meditation sort of mindfulness thing where either I, either I'm not focusing on my breathing. Um, but you know, you kind of almost automatically start to breathe slower um, but I also really enjoy doing box breathing. And I have found for me that works really well in terms of uh, slowing things down, feeling more relaxed, kind of getting out of that, you know, sort of fight or flight kind of state. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a, there's, um, I would try the CO2 tolerance test on yourself because it could yeah. be that the standard box breathing of 4444 is not appropriate for you. Right. Um, it, it would be if you score maybe like 20 to 30 seconds, but there's a calculator that you can also put in like how many seconds you scored on it. And then it will tell you what your rate should be and if you should even do holds at all, depending on your score. So don't be discouraged if it's low. Like I was discouraged at minus 30 to 40 seconds, but it has nothing to do with the level of fitness. Yeah, I, I want to I definitely want to look into that. I'm, I'm definitely going to look into that that course once you post the information on it. I will. All right. So. Uh, if you guys thought this case was interesting, if you have any questions, make sure to hit me up on social media. If you have any physio failures or hilarious cases, get on the podcast. Make sure to read, rate Untold Physio Stories five stars wherever you listen uh, to podcasts and hit that subscribe button. And as always, you guys have a great day.